Special guest, um, CEO, businesswoman, Ebony Spratley, right? It's Ebony right, right? Chanel. Chanel. We're going to just drop the Spratley for now. <laughs> oh, we taking it off? Oh, just man. Ebony Chanel, yes. <laughs> <laughs> See, and I remember you as uh, McLeese, right? Yes. That's, that's, how, that's how I remember you as McLeese. <laughs> that's what's going up in. So... So I definitely want to um, definitely want to start from let the people know who you are and 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 where where are you from. So let's start off where I'm from because I not explain how we know each other. So I'm from the right, Bronx. Right, right, yeah. Born and raised. BX. <laughs> <laughs> All day. <laughs> but um, so now though, I'm from that little girl growing up in the Bronx, I'm actually now residing in Atlanta, Georgia. Okay. I've been out here for about three years now, okay. and I actually left New York, um, dropping out of corporate America and jumping into entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. I started my own business back in 2014. The first one I started was a public relations company when I was mm-hmm. still in New York. Um, that company just assisted a lot of independent artists with their artist development mm-hmm. and just branding, kind of like development back then and then when I got out here I realized that once an artist an independent artist gets to a certain level that it's going to be a lot more of just projects so I don't have to worry about developing them anymore I can just not work with them on projects mm-hmm. so that's was that's where the birth of adult management came in I just saw a need in the independent industry for someone who can just organize and keep track of projects right while right. the creatives just be creative right so we're gonna get i'm gonna get into all that but um let's let's try to go back to the beginning let's talk about let's go back to your, your upbringing i know you said you're born in the bronx mm-hmm. let's talk about your um father mother can't be touching how many siblings or um how was how was it growing yes. up in the um bronx and whatnot so it's interesting that you asked that. I have a I have a pretty unique upbringing story. Um, I consider myself a, well, I am a middle child. And throughout my life, I seem to have kind of stayed in the middle. So my mother and father, they're both, thank God, still alive. My mother and father did get divorced at, mm-hmm. when I was about nine years old. So I did have to deal with the separation of my family. Right. And then upon the separation, both of them started new families. So that was also something that I had to get used mm-hmm. to. Um, but I think with that happening at an early age, my half, well, I don't consider them half brothers and sisters. My sisters and brothers, there's about seven of us now. And we don't even, we, we don't act like we're stepbrothers, stepsisters. We just have this natural brother-sister relationship between all right. of us. So. Even though it was kind of weird growing up, I think it taught me how to be accepting of a lot of things at an early age mm-hmm. and how to, I guess, lead with love because that's all I think I saw my parents doing. I think they were just leading with love, even though they didn't stay together. And I, I think that's think that's dope. I also have um, siblings from, uh, um, you know, my, I always like to say my father was like a, a rock star. He kind of just, he just kind of sowed the seeds. <laughs> he just kind of, <laughs> I say he just kind of spread love across the the Bronx. <laughs> across the Bronx. <laughs> <laughs> he spread love across the Bronx. 
Um, I mean, some of us are close, some of them we aren't, you know, I, I guess that's just the way it is. I just learned to accept it. I, when I was younger, it was more, I would have wanted more closeness, but it didn't happen. You know, you get older, you move on and go from there. So how close are you are to your family and, and how much of, of influence were your parents to you? So doing a little, I don't know, not even doing a little research, even prior to this conversation, I. I think I saw that you was putting up things about, I think your father was, a, if I'm not mistaken, an actor, right? He was, doing yes. some, he was doing some acting. So how much, how closer you are and how much of influence was your parents and also your father, someone that's, I know he's of older age, still pursuing his dream. So I'm, I'm actually happy you asked that question. They played major influence in my life, both good and what I would have considered in the past bad. But as a, when you're young, you don't realize that your parents are just trying. So you want what you want from them and they can't deliver. So you kind of grow this animosity against them. And so I was at that place as a young adult for a long time where I did kind of estrange from my family a little bit. And even though I did, I still feel like my family's influence was still on me as I was out in the world trying to figure things out on my own. So that acting, the modeling my mom did, um, the fact that I was like a workaholic at one point. So even though I wasn't with them, I was still being what I saw kind of growing up and what I got from my parents. It wasn't until maybe, so I was estranged from my family probably from 19 to about maybe late 20s. Before <laughs> well, I started getting just, back in not, contact. You just stopped talking. <laughs> well we had we had a few different falling outs but mainly it was I think it was me just trying to find my place um everybody in the family had their own thing going on and I think at the time I just felt like I needed to have something of my own going on and so just with my personality stuff I was just like I'm going out into the world I'm gonna figure it out I don't want any help leave me alone I'm gonna do it right. so I did that but my family has always still been around to like catch me if I fall. So they're very much a big influence, both my mother and my father. Even some of the decisions that I thought that they shouldn't have made, like I, I always wanted them to stay together. But right. as I'm an adult now and going through relationships, I'm realizing that they had to make the decisions that were best for them. So still influencing me to this day. <laughs> right. It's funny because, um, and that, that's important you say that because I say that as a as a kid, you always you always think that they um first you think they know everything. You think as a adult, you think they know everything, but you don't realize that we all just we we all just like just learning every day, and and we we never quite arrive <laughs> anywhere, you know. <laughs> <what I mean? laughs> anyway, it's just like a lifelong journey with just just learning and stuff like that. And I think that's the same thing I mean with, with my parents. You you think you think they got it, but really really, really they don't. You know what I mean? And really. As you get older and you be in relationships, you understand that um the dynamic of it. The dynamic yeah. of it. So yeah. Do you do you, do you consider yourself uh introvert, extrovert? <laughs> I'm a, a it's weird. I'm a little bit of both. I can be an introvert. I recharge best when I'm introverted, but I can be as social as a butterfly. <laughs> it just depends on, I guess, the day, maybe. But yeah, I have a little bit of both. So, um, so right now you said you were, you reside in Atlanta, correct? Yep. And um, 
I know you touched on a little bit, but when did you leave and and just 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 why? So I left New York in 2016 mm -hmm. and I came down here because I felt like New York was capping, I guess. Um, I felt like with what I had to offer, I wasn't around the right group of people. I felt like I was working from my heart and I was giving, you know, giving people me from my heart as opposed to what everybody else was just trying to take money. So it felt like this crab in a barrel type of situation. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to be somewhere where I can be me and not have to be, you know, a, a, I don't know if I can curse, but not have to be a bitch. Not have yeah, to do what you gotta do. <laughs> <laughs> you know, everybody was telling me like, you have to be this way, you have to be that way, you have to be this way. And none of that, you met, you know me from when I was younger. I'm not that kind of person to be a bitch right. just all of a sudden in order to get paid. You're going to respect me one way or another, but I just felt like I needed to to try somewhere else. And Atlanta has always been someplace that I wanted to be. I actually wanted to go to college down here, um, but we couldn't afford it. And I just was like, Atlanta, let's go. <laughs> nah, and I just packed up and came. It was, it was literally the most risk-taking time of my life. I literally put in my two weeks notice at my job, didn't care about whether I was going to have employment or not, packed my bags, and I was on a flight. And a lot of things happened because mm -hmm. of that, but <laughs> I made it through. It's all good. <laughs> um, I, but I, I think that's dope. I know a lot of people, and we, I'm going to touch base on more of that a little later, but I think that's dope. I think a lot of people... Um, a lot of people don't do that. I understand that there might have been a lot of, I guess, it's been a real risky. Not everybody can't do that, but I think sometimes is is more of a risk staying stuck. You know what I mean? It's more hard hard staying stuck. So, um, talk about how difficult that that transition was from actually leaving New York to Atlanta. So it was scary. Honestly, I did, I will be honest, I cried the first night that I was down here when it all kind of hit me that I was in a whole other place. Um, and I'm like that. I'm the type to be like, yeah. And then after it all said to mm. me, like, what in the world? <laughs> what did I just do? What did I just do? <laughs> but, um, but no, it was scary, but I knew for, I want to say the first month that I was good. Like I had enough money saved up. I had enough, like, I had enough passion to figure it out when we when I first got down here. Right. And then, so now it's been about three years. So that that first excitement that 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 vanishes, and then reality really sits in. And it's like, okay, you have to figure out now how to live somewhere else. Not just it's not vacation. It's not like you're coming and you're going back home. You have to live here and figure out how to get your your day to day together and get to know people and get to know places and things so it took it took a minute um I want to say that when I first got down here driving Uber was something that I picked up first and that helped me a lot with figuring out how to get around down here because you know being from New York we like to know where we at I don't like to be nowhere where I don't know where I'm at so, <laughs> right, right, right. I so definitely, you, you drove Uber huh? 
You yes, I did when I first got down here. I hustled. <laughs> but you know what? That's I did. That's... Not anymore. Not anymore. No, nah, no, nah, but that's dope. Because I think a lot of times they don't people people see the start and they see the the end. It's that in between that 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 grinding and that grit that's um that's necessary. And a lot of people don't get the chance to kind of see. Oh yes, well it was Uber, Lyft. I was dog. I was walking dogs with Wag. Um, <laughs> I was hustling. When I tell you, I was hustling when I first got down here. <laughs> But then it started to kind of slow down. I started to catch my breath and cool down. So, but no, when I first got down here, it was like I never left New York because I got hustled, hustled, hustled. Nah, you have to. That, that's that's definitely definitely dope. Um, so let's let's talk about when 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 did this love for I guess I guess music begin? The love for that. My love for music. Oof, that is. Music and I are like long-term friends, I guess. Since I was little, I used to um, go to sleep to like the quiet storm when I was younger. As soon as I was able to have a radio in my room, and I want to say I was probably storm. like maybe eight, <laughs> nine. Yeah, all of that, all of that, watching BET videos at night and after school, and so music has always been a part of my life. Mm-hmm. I didn't think that I was going to take it this seriously until um, my brother, he had, a, um, he had a, a, a studio down in his basement, in, in my mom's basement when we were a little bit younger, probably like, I'm going to say maybe eight, nine years ago. And we just kind of started playing around down there. But me and my little brother, we used to do that with, as a matter of fact, with Sheree. Um, when Sheree used to come over to my house in Brooklyn, we used to play around and, and play on the radio and sing and just for play. So we did that and I just started taking it seriously. I, just, I saw that it could become something before it even became anything. Um, he gave me, they told me to write a verse and I wrote a verse and I wrote a verse and made them have to go back and write their verses. So I was like, okay. okay. <laughs> Maybe there's something to this. And I don't know. It just was like an instant love. I fell in love with it. And I didn't want to create music, though. I wanted to curate the people who create music. That's where I really fell in love mm-hmm. with it. At. Mm-hmm. So um, what, what, is, what is your title? Project yeah. Love. Managing director of my company. But whenever I'm on a team or working with anyone else, I'm project manager. And okay, what what does that entail? What is that? What you what you do? What is it project? Everything you're supposed to do? Everything. No. So as a project manager, well, the specific type of project manager that I am, I'm a creative project manager. So mm-hmm. I assist with bringing a creative concept to life. So if you sit down with me and you say, hey, Ev, I'm looking to put on this video. And I don't really know who I want in it. I just know what kind of concept that I have. I bring that to life. Whatever it was that you're thinking, uh, we bring that to life within a matter of between three and 86 months, depending on how big the project is. And if it's smaller than that, then it goes by a lot quicker. So I'm low-key, like a plug. People call me because they know I know a lot of stuff. You know, a lot of people. <laughs> So, what are some yeah. of the um, what are some of the big projects you've done? How so, big? 
to date, and it's still in production, but to date, the biggest thing that I've worked on, which I only call it the biggest because it has the, the most names that people would know outside of, you know, independent. I feel like independent artists are all creative, but not everybody knows them yet. So my biggest notable project so far is I'm working on an audiobook series with, um, I don't know if you know his name, but Alonzo Brown. He was the second part of the Jekyll and Hyde um, rap group from back in the days with Andre Harrell. Yeah, that sounds familiar. That sounds familiar because I'm I'll be into that stuff too. But that do sound familiar. Yes. So he's doing an um, audio book with Cynthia Bailey, and I'm the production manager on that. So I did the casting. I booked the the writers and all that stuff. So I'm I'm the person that keeps everything together and make sure that we have something at the end. So all this come <laughs> through. All of this come through from your company, right? All this yes. is from your company. Yes. Yes. So I, I noticed that you um you've been kind of dipping and dabbling in what modeling and and being an actress. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> dipping and dabbling. So that's actually uh, um that's something that I was doing when I was younger that a lot of people don't know. My mom had me modeling and acting as a kid, and I actually. At maybe like 13, I told her that I didn't want to do it anymore because I didn't want to wake up early outside of eating this. And I just didn't want the demands of being in that industry at that time. Mm -hmm. And I've always just kind of stayed away from it. And it wasn't until I got down here and as I was trying to figure out, you know, how to get on my feet down here, I was like, God, you know, what am I supposed to be doing down here? And opportunities for modeling just kept coming my way and I would take them and I would love it. So I just was like, hey, maybe I'll just do this on the side for fun. So I've been doing modeling and acting just because it's something that is fun to me. I love getting dressed up and, you know, because the other stuff that I do is not glamorous. The project management is all behind the desk. I'm taking calls. I'm booking this. I look crazy. My hair's a mess. <laughs> so acting and modeling give me an opportunity to finally like dress up and play dress up and look pretty and feel good about myself. So it kind of balanced out my, I guess my day. Well, not my day, my career more so. So it's not all work in some play. So it, al it allows you to, I guess, to use your creative side, right? Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yep. So you, so you came down here. So you was Ubering, you was walking dogs, and you just, you just, <laughs> you just uh, walked into the door to ask you to model, like. <laughs> Ubering. You know what? I think it was uh, one of my girlfriends had said she wanted to do a photo shoot for me, um, and that's what really set it off. Because after the photos, I was like, "Oh, these are nice." <laughs> so what you, what you, you sent them out to agencies or? No, so. The good thing about being in Atlanta is you don't need an agent down here. You can get yourself in the door down here. That's the, that's the big difference between mm -hmm. up there and down here that I found. It was very difficult to get into doors up there. You had to know somebody and know somebody and know somebody. Even if you didn't know somebody, that person will still like steer you in the wrong direction just so they can get mm -hmm. from you. But down here, I feel like everybody is trying to get somewhere and there's enough opportunities for everybody down here. Mm -hmm. It's just, are you willing to go and get it down here? So that's the difference. 
So with, with that being a difference, what do you, what do you think is the difference as far as from that same dynamic in New York versus down here? Um, honestly, I, it's hard to say. I, I genuinely love the work ethic from up top because you know who you're working with. You know the type of person you're dealing with. Up, up there, if you're a nice person, we know. If you're not a nice person, we know and we stay clear from you. Down here, it's hard to tell because everybody has this nice front first. Mm -hmm. So I ran into a lot of, I'm a nice person, so I ran into a lot of nice first front people and then only to find out later on that it wasn't so much so. So that's the that's the difference also um, compared to New York. But I like that about New York. When you deal with somebody up there, you know, you know what it is. So let's uh, talk. Let's talk about the um, YouTube series that Atlanta, Atlanta Ugly, and it got you. Atlanta you know, yes. Ugly. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the mayor on there. Miss, yes, Miss Mayor. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we actually did a, um, a photo shoot last night for the cover. Um, that web series I've been on now for I think I got in there in season three. So season three, season four, and I'm going to be in season five once it starts. Season four is just, I think we just wrapped. I think it is. So, so what is it basically about? So before I got involved, it was a street gang drama <laughs> drug killing show. <laughs> and then um, actually that was one of those opportunities that came my way and it was like whether you know it's open if you want it go get it the director had put up a post looking for somebody to play the mayor and i went to the audition and i got it mm -hmm. so <laughs> um it's an improv show which is really cool because it's my first acting literally my first acting opportunity so there wasn't as much pressure for me to have to learn the script so a lot of it was improvised. So I've been able to grow from when I first got on and being a little scared in front of the camera to now actually this new season that we just did. Really proud of myself for actually bringing more character to the mayor and bringing her life. Um, some of the feedback I've gotten about the mayor is that a lot of people appreciate the fact that I keep her natural. Um, so I like that because I like to represent my natural yeah. hair. So yeah. <laughs> A lot of people have given the director feedback and said like they really appreciate the fact that the mayor is natural. I'm like, that's just I'm just doing my hair. Again. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it wasn't planned, but I like that. I always want to make sure that I'm representing appropriately. So when you, when you mean improv, it's just there's no script. No, so there's a storyline, and we stick to the storyline, but we're able to give the character what we need to give them at any given moment so tell me how does that look i'm just trying to i'm trying <laughs> to be, so you have this so just just tell me just kind of going for this the storyline and then as long as you stay within those guidelines yes so with with social distancing well with covid and social distancing this makes it a whole lot easier now so whoever is filming on that day we usually get together and he'll have a storyline already in his head that he wants to kind of connect or we left off from somewhere. The season usually starts off with a storyline and he just kind of bridges the gap all the way to the end. And 
based off of what the, the scene is supposed to be about, we can give it what we want to give it. So if, for example, um, I don't want to give it away, but as the mayor, there's somebody that I'm supposed to be going back and forth with in this new season. And um, sometimes we go back and forth in a nasty manner. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we go back and forth in a more professional manner. Mm -hmm. But we still always go back and forth. So it's like, there's, there's, there's realms, there's boundaries, but we can be as free as we want to in the boundaries, like what we say, how we say it. So the mayor of New York has a real New York <laughs> New York, New York, that's New York. Right, right, right. So you, the character can't, can't just all of a sudden, she pregnant. Can't just, can't just start bringing no. stuff like that. <laughs> right. No, they were trying to put a hit out on me though, but we'll see how that goes. <laughs> <laughs> so that but makes it's me. Fun. It seems, it seems, it seems, it seems fun. I ain't get a chance to check it out, but I'm gonna definitely um check it out. Um, let's talk about the, I guess, the companies that you own, that yes. you, what, what are those? So Ebony Inc., a public mm -hmm. relations company, that is a public relations company. No, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, that company is the one I started back in 2014, yes, 2014, um, where I just gave advice more so. And I assisted with brand development to like small artists, underground artists in, in New York, and also in um, a few of those artists also came from like Virginia. Uh, once I started getting, once I started picking up speed, I started getting more clients in other places while I was still in New York. So I was working with people outside of New York, helping them with their registrations and just guidance, letting them know, like, you need to register your songs with X, Y, and Z. Um, you know, you need to start making royalties on your music. You need to start putting a plan. And so that company was more so just advice. And then... That's that's the Ebony public relations mm -hmm. one. Okay. Yep. Yep. More so advice and consultations. When it really started getting hands-on is with Forever Adult Management. Both the companies, though, they both service the entertainment fashion and nonprofit industries, mm -hmm. which means that I work on any entertainment project, whether it's a show, a music, something of anything entertainment, music video, album, all of those things. And then when it comes to fashion, working with models and designers and um, fashion houses to create whatever they need to create. And then with nonprofits, being able to organize nonprofit events, as well as giving companies who are looking to do more community relations type of things, giving them strategies and ideas on how they can make their company more community friendly. So I'm a walking brain, honestly. Everything is really much, it's pretty much intellectual for me. I get a, you give me an idea and I just make it grow. Right, right. So no, no schooling, just. No, this was all just, the hard not <laughs> right no i'm do, do you do you think the, there are benefits to just kind of going into it or do you think school would have been a, a good i guess benefit for you i think it's per person um for me personally it was never going to be school and i might get some backlash for that but i have to be honest with certain people who might not 
who might be like me as well, who was like, it just never was school for me. And I'm still trying to bark up the school thing because everybody says that I need to go to school. If it's just not for you, then it's not for you. Um, I'm still very intelligent, but I have to be honest, I have my GED. I decided to drop out because they lost my records and I wasn't trying to go back to school. It's not that I'm stupid. I just, I don't have time for all of that. <laughs> so I dropped out to get my GED so I can go enroll in college so I can get my degree. I have my associates, but I ended up getting that online because at the time I was married to someone who had a daughter and I was helping him take care of his daughter. So I was a full-time mom and going to school. So I went to school online. And this was before everybody else was going to school online. This was when it was not popular. I got a lot of backlash back in 2008. <laughs> like, oh, that's not a real degree or whatever. <laughs> but I did. I had to do what I had to do back then because I was on a mission. I wanted to have what I wanted to have when I wanted to have it. And I think just that kind of determination early in my life really pushed me to, once I was done at Corporate America, feeling like there's there's nothing here for me in this job. I want more. I want purpose. That decision to make that, oh, I'm, I'm just going to go and see what that's about. It came from just me always being like that. Oh, well, I'm, y'all talking about a whole nother year. I got to go. I got to. Uh -uh. <laughs> so that kind of motivation, just for anybody who's, you know, questioning themselves on why is this not working for me? Because, because maybe there's just something more and you got to kind of find it you have to look for it and maybe it's not where everybody else is looking in the books or in school maybe it's out in the world where you have to figure out you know how to talk to people and be around people maybe your money maker is just you and that's what I've been having to learn that I can I can make any kind of product I can make a pen and I can sell a pen but that's not where my purpose personally is not in pen so I had to figure out okay well what is it for me that I'm doing and what is it that I'm supposed to be doing that makes me feel good and then I can also be able to be of service to others so that's how my two my my two companies but right now the main focus is five adult management because five adult management really embodies everything that I've always wanted to do where it's all in one. I love entertainment. I love fashion. I love community service. I love giving people good advice. I love seeing finished products. It's everything that I've always wanted to do, but it just didn't happen one day. I had to figure it out over time, and it took a long time for me to not only just realize that that's what I love to do, but also accept it because it goes against everything that I was taught. I was taught you got to go to school, graduate, get your degree, work a job, buy a house, buy a car, and, lose, and I'm going a whole nother direction. I'm, I want to get a business first, then get all of those things later. So it's not in the order of ideal ways, but it's my way and it's working for me. <laughs> it, it. There, there is no right way. And I, um, I had a conversation with uh, someone before. Same thing you said is is kind of breaking the norm. Like we were told to kind of go to school, go, um, get a job, get a 401k, get a house and move on. And a lot of people kind of breaking, breaking from that now. Yep. And it feels good. It's hard though, because it's, it's it's hard but it feels good because 
you're just not following the norms. And every time you get another little accomplishment that proves that you're right, that's what is the uh, is the reward, the biggest reward about it. And also so many people that do have that, that degree or that paper that is probably not nearly as close. I have one and it never got me anything. <laughs> I have my associates in accounting as a matter of fact. And accounting is the one thing that I hate sitting down to do. I hate doing my accounting. I love being everywhere else and doing everything else. But it, it was a, it definitely was a sign for me that maybe entrepreneurship was more of my alley. But even with that, but do you think certain doors are closed or you can't get into a lot quicker because you don't have that? Oh yeah, there is, there's been a lot of closed doors because there's no company behind me. But I can remember also when I did, when I was working for a company and I was able to get in a lot of doors and stuff like that. Um, like my last, the last company that I worked at, they sent me to Paris. They, you know, there was a lot of different events that I was at and all of that was fine, but it wasn't, it wasn't fulfilling. And you have to come to a point in time in your life when you're like, is what I'm doing fulfilling or is it just putting money in my pockets so I could hang out with these same people, you know? And I just felt like I was hanging out with the same co-workers after work we're doing happy hour um we got a company party like it was just a routine on this same roller coaster, <laughs> the same, you know the same we even started race. dressing alike they're like co- like corporate colors i was like this is I can't do this. <laughs> blues and whites and khakis it was just uh. right. right right it definitely would put you into that whole uh different well the same type of realm so with, with your two companies, what what does what the day-to-day operation look like for you or the, the, the original one? Okay, so the only thing that's a staple in my day is my mornings. Mm-hmm. That's it. When you're an entrepreneur, you have to have some type of routine. But if you think that it's going to be all routine, then you are definitely barking up the wrong tree because I've tried... I've tried to keep this calendar. <laughs> Doesn't work. There's always something that comes up. There's always something that maybe somebody canceled. Um, you have to make a quick change to go do something here. But what I've learned to have is a morning routine so that I can be prepared for the day to go as chaotic as it needs to go without me losing my shit. So in the mornings, I meditate. I listen to positive music all throughout the morning. Um, I listen to affirmations. The first thing I do when I wake up in the morning, open my eyes. I don't even get out of bed. I just get my phone, go right onto YouTube and play some affirmations. Um, And then normally I would like to get back to, but like I said, sometimes things change. So normally I'll go to the gym for about 45 minutes, get cardio. um, And then breakfast and then I'll start work that will be a perfect morning start but sometimes I don't even get to do all of that but ideally that's what my morning routine is and that's what will set up the day but the more you do your morning routine 
sometimes you can take a day off from a morning routine because you've had enough of you know that calming to get you going for the day but yeah you sound like me that that's the first thing i try, I try to do is uh, <laughs> get get those things done and um i don't know the name of the book but it was the name of the book he was talking about always make your bed you know what i mean it just do things that's kind of set you up for your day yes. set you up for success um the for, bed thing is very important there's been some times where i've neglected no. to make the bed and the day was just messy <laughs> <laughs> No, it does something about it clears your space and clears your mind. That's one thing I try to do. I try to do that. And also try to keep my car clean, even even though it's not at the moment. But it it kind of um, opens up space for your, your brain, clears clears things. You know, when I have when I have a clutter sp- cluttery space, it kind of have a cluttery mind yes. as well. This is true. What, what um what what advice you have for someone that's that's that maybe want to do what you do or just want to start it with steps? I would say get out of your head. And I, that's something that I wish somebody would have told me early on as well. If you feel it, go for it, but get out your head. Yeah, the head sometimes can be some the, the worst place for you to be in sometimes. You got to go by how you feel. If it feels good, go for it. If it doesn't feel good, then don't go for it at the end of the day. Go with, go with how you feel and get out your head. That's the best advice. I agree. A lot of times we kind of, we, we, we put um, other people's fears on us. Yes. Yes, yep. right. And vice versa. Other people put their fears on us. And if we're too much in our head, then we end up going with what they say. Right. But if we stay here, then they can say what they want to say. I know how I feel in my heart. You ain't going to tell you that. <laughs> right. Cause I, one thing I am, I'm a, I'm a big old overthinker. Like I will <laughs> think, 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 rethink. And like you said, sometimes you just got to just go. You got you to gotta just go. Um, talk about the, um, I guess, the, the Southeast Independent Award. So I did not win, but... <laughs> that's fine. That's, that's all good. But no, I was I was actually very excited that I was nominated because that nomination came at a time when I was actually going through a hard time. Mm-hmm. And that's actually the second time that that happens. That's also some good advice to anyone who's looking to go out on a journey like this you never know when the blessings are coming in what shape or form they're going to come in, but just being willing to accept them as they come. Because if I was too much into where I was, then that award, getting that nomination, it wouldn't have felt like anything. It just, been, oh, whatever, I'm not going to win anyway. But I was so excited when I got it because I was in a really funky place at the time. Mm-hmm. And it just was like divine timing that I got the nomination. So regardless of if I won or not, I still was excited about the nomination, just the acknowledgement. I've been working so hard. And that too, you don't really get a lot of acknowledgement in the beginning. A lot of your friends and family, your close people, they don't really <laughs> understand. <laughs> As much as you think that they would or you wish that they will and they can, they won't. And that's okay. I had to learn that. That's okay. It doesn't make them any less your family. But you can't take that personal. You have to still 
you know, follow your heart, follow what feels right to you and not impose their fears onto your situation. Sometimes it's okay to isolate yourself to kind of move forward and then let everybody back in once you have a clear understanding of what you're doing and where you're going. So what how, how do how do they how do they rate you? How do they how do they pick? How do they so for that one, I believe that SCI was a um sorry. That SCI was a vote, I believe. And that's why I don't oh, I don't know if COVID messed it up. Cause in the beginning, my votes was good. Everybody was voting for me. I remember I had people fighting to vote vote for me again. Um, but I think COVID messed all of that up. Um, for that to be as organic as it really was. Um, but it was okay. I don't think I would have wanted to be in that room with that many people because they ended up having it um, live still. At first, it was supposed to be online. They had pushed the date back. And so it was it was a mess, but it was okay. I won the year before um, the Atlanta Hip Hop Awards for um, exec, what is it, female industry MVP 2019. So it's like um so they what they they voting for for people with I guess leadership for the for the the SEI or for Atlanta either, either both both so yeah so what's really cool out here um that they do have a lot of independent artists that are doing big things there's a whole industry of independence and these awards are put on by people in this industry. So the Atlanta Hip Hop Awards is put on by, um, I think his name is Rico Owens. Mm -hmm. And he works, he's in the independent industry. So he knows all the rappers who are working, who are making, you know, making videos and mm -hmm. who's doing things out here. So Atlanta's pretty small. Once you're out in this environment and you're in the industry out here, people are gonna know who you are and what you're doing and people talk out here. and it's kind of like, oh, yeah, I know her. I worked with her. I've been somewhere with her before him. And the word kind of gets around down here because the circles are small. Mm -hmm. so the um, That's how I was able to. I got nominated the first year that, no, excuse me. The first year I came down here, um, I was actually on the media carpet as media at the award show. So I didn't even know anybody. I just came as media and then within a year of me working out here they ended up not only nominating me but I ended up with winning the award so oh cool that's how fast you can move down here I see <laughs> <laughs> so so how, how important that was kind of receiving that um even nomination or even winning the hip-hop one how important was that recognition from I guess your peers it was extremely important. Um, the, I have a picture of myself winning the, the Atlanta Hip Hop Awards, and I'm standing just in the middle of a bunch of guys, big names. Um, Hood Rich uh, Films was there, King James, just other names that have been doing things for years out here. And it was just an honor to be like the little lady in the middle, just, I'm in this too, kind of thing. Right, right, right. right. <laughs> So that felt really good. It felt really good to be acknowledged because I do work hard. A lot of the times the stuff that I do do doesn't really get put on display because a lot of it is 
motivating. A lot of it is guidance in the background, um, having conversations and phone calls. So the fact that while I'm doing that, some way, somehow, somebody found out about stuff that I'm doing over there and they want to acknowledge me for it. That was definitely, both times were definitely um, necessary for my journey. Not only necessary for my journey because that just prepares me for in the future when I get a big award, you know? Mm -hmm. So if you don't go through it, if you don't grow through it, then you'll never grow through, get, get to it. So I was just glad that I was able to experience that then to open up opportunity for it to happen on a bigger scale in the future. Uh, you, you want an Emmy too, right? Okay. <laughs> I want an Emmy, I want a Grammy. <laughs> How important those is, I guess, those relationships? Even. relationships are extremely important i'm learning that and i'm i'm now learning how to have better relationships with people i just and that's kind of goes off of what we talked about earlier just how i grew up with my family kind of being everywhere and me having this i like to kind of be on my own kind of thing that has carried on but I'm realizing how it's going to be a little bit of a hindrance if I keep thinking that I need to just kind of do it on my own. I now need to learn how to nourish my relationships and be present for my relationships and nurture them. And, you know, just not that I wasn't nurturing them before. I think that I was nurturing them from just here and I'm gone. Like I'm going to give you this and then I'm out of here. no, Kind of like follow up after that, like, hey, how you doing? Let's hang out, kind of thing. So that's going to be important going forward because I'm assuming that once the income changes, your circle gets really tight, and I need to make sure that my circle is tight. I agree. <laughs> yes, I need to really make sure I know who's around me now. So why do why, why do you why do you think you um? Why do you think you do that? Why do you think you kind of, I know you want to go, but why do you think you have to kind of like, almost like touch and go, hey, how you doing? And keep it moving. It's funny, my uh, a friend of mine that I was with just before we got on this call, we spoke about this mm -hmm. earlier and it's fear, it, fear of rejection. Mm -hmm. I experienced a lot of rejection early on. So it's a cope, it's a coping mechanism. So I'm gonna, you know, dip and dash before you do. So I yeah. don't feel rejected. Before you don't do it, yep. Exactly. So, but I'm not afraid of rejection anymore now that I am who I am today. So me nurturing a relationship and then if it fails or doesn't fail, now it won't be as impactful as it used to be before. It used to be like, oh my God, I'm losing people. people like, I don't care. Like, <laughs> you sound like me because I think for me, I think I've been having a, well, I used to have a hard time just not having that. But I start, I'm starting to get older. I'm realizing, you know, people got their own life. People doing a lot of different things. So it's okay. It's okay. And it it's doesn't okay. take away anything from, from the time when you do get to spend with them. It shouldn't matter how much time you didn't, didn't spend with them. What should just matter is that moment. Right. So I, I saw you, I told you the picture, um, Legacy Center. How was yes. that? How was that? I know about the Jay Morrison and all that. How was that? I yes. always wanted to go. 
<laughs> yes, well, if you ever come down here, you should definitely, definitely go over there. And if you get an opportunity to link up with those folks, they are doing amazing things down see, here. I can see. And all over, I know they're buying property and they have um, like investor groups and stuff like that, which is really, really nice. The Legacy Center is beautiful. I went to the grand opening and oh, okay. I think I went back again for like a little seminar. That, that picture was at like a seminar or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, but yeah, they are just just two beautiful people who really care about the community and they're in the community. So you go to an event, you can see them. I've seen them several times and been shoulder to shoulder. I was actually dancing with them they did an event on, I think it was called a, a Thousand Men, A Thousand Women, something like that. It was just a, something at the park. And I, I danced with them twice. Yeah, no, I danced with them twice <laughs> in the park and at the grand opening. I was right there with them doing like the electric slide or whatever. But, yeah, yeah. that's dope. I mean, I know, I know that he, um, Jay Morrison kind of do the, the corner classes that I think is kind of dope for that's the That's what it was. Yeah. Yep, it was a corner so, class. I think that um what what is what is one of the things that keep you motivated in the morning to 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 keep going? That has evolved over the years. Um at one point in my life it was the fear of not being able to pay my rent. Yeah, um, <laughs> got me up to go to work. Now it's purpose. I know I have a purpose. I know I have something that I'm supposed to give the world, and that's what gets me up. No, mom is watching it. Right, right. What, what, what is, what is the most, I guess, impactful book that you read? The most impactful book was um. I want to say You're a Badass by Jen Sincero. I read that. <laughs> that was, that was, that was, that's, a, that's a good one. That's a good one. And I, so you you probably understand, I, I need that real talk. Like, me don't too. baby talk me. Tell me exactly what it is. And I just loved her delivery. It was just like, she was in your ass. I'm like, I love this book. <laughs> and I had to um, actually listen to the audio. Yeah, I read that. I listened to the audio. Because oh, it's, it's it's different. Because she coming off, you can kind of hear where she coming from with that. Yes, and her accent it just makes it all the better. One hundred percent. That's a good book. Also, fifty no book is good. The Hustler book. Oh, okay. I didn't read that one. I did start reading um, Fifty Laws. That's a good one. Yeah. And it's a, it's another one I can't remember right now. But if I if I remember, I will send it to you. But it's it's definitely definitely good. Um, do, do, do you feel successful? Oh, yes. Yes. Yes, I do. Right. They got, you know, it almost feels like the new success is, um, how many followers you got, right? <laughs> Not to me anyway. <laughs> I mean, you got about what you got, like o- over 10, right? Does it? Probably collectively, I probably have like 13,000 followers. But that's not that's not with my success because they nobody on that social media paying me for anything. <laughs> so that's what I, that's what I was gonna say. Does it does does that equate to business or money? Actuality? No. no, it does not. No, 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 no. For me, anyway, success is 
how better I am than I used to be. Right. Um, success is how my living situation improves. Success is a, to me anyway, it's a personal thing. So anybody who's measuring my success based off of numbers, they a damn fool. Because, <laughs> I mean, not, don't get me wrong, the numbers do reflect, I guess, how I feel, but that's not, they don't have anything to do with one another when it comes to me. I utilize my social media to let people into who I already am, not as a way of validation for somebody that I'm trying to be. So I'm bringing my business, I'm bringing my talent, I'm bringing my thoughts to a platform where there's a whole bunch of other people's stuff going on. And I'm not really trying to compete with anybody. I'm just, this is me. And that's how I move when it comes to social media. So once I reach where I feel is my maximum level of success, that'll probably be shared too, but it's not determined off of social media or the people on there at all. (laughs) (laughs) Those sometimes are just like instant gratifications. If you want somebody to just give you some attention at one point in time, you can go to social media and that's what that should just be for. (laughs) 100%. Is is this role lonely this journey right here lonely yes but no it's lonely because a lot of the work that you have to do on yourself it's you that has to do it so Mm -hmm. that's the only lonely part about it um because there's so many different good people and energies that come around you once you calm yourself down and you're clear-minded you meet so many different people that it's definitely not you, you actually want more time to yourself okay go away <laughs> hey, totally agree what 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 is it that you do to get out get out of a um a slump you just just feeling down music music yep music i have two playlists on my um my apple iphones i have two moves it's either i'm vibing or i'm talking my shit so I have, you know, Casanova, punch you in the face, I'm <laughs> like, I'm not competing. That helps me relieve a lot of stress listening to those songs. I'm sure. Um, help me talk my shit just for a minute. But once I turn, take off my headphones, I'm fine. So music is definitely, um, it, it helps with dealing with stress. What What is the most um, challenging thing in life right now for you? Just waiting. I feel like I should have already arrived. So it's just like going through life as it's supposed to come when you're thinking 10, 20 years down the line every day. Every day I'm thinking, you know, I've already made it. I made it. I made it. You know, I have this. I have that. The the hardest part now is just waiting to get there. What, what, um, what making it, what does making it look like for you? How do you know? How do you know you arrived? It looks well. Let me tell you what it 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 looks like now. I feel like just personally, without the glitz, without the glamour, without the big house and this and that third, I personally feel rich. I feel happy. I wake up happy. I go to sleep happy. I love talking to people. 
this wasn't the same Ebony a couple of years ago. That Ebony was stressed and sad and family was estranged and just problems financially and all of that. Everything was a problem. The shift, the work that I put into myself and getting myself better, now I'm happy. If a million dollars came my way, not much would change. I would pay my bills and probably get a car and still do the same things that I'm doing. <laughs> Dope. I love I like that. Dope. <laughs> what 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 do you think has prepared you for, for this or for that? Definitely life. The first half of my life has prepared me for what's coming next. I know that I've kind of had the, the longer route. I had a, a route that was very um, constrained. A lot of things for me have been on pause. I had to learn a lot of things. I had to prepare myself for a lot of things. So now this next chapter of my life where all of the seeds that I planted now comes to harvest, what prepared me for what's coming then is everything that I've been through. I now know that my family is my support system. I will never be estranged from my family again because I know that my family is my foundation. My whole family is my foundation. And so I needed that where I'm going. I'm not about to go into this other world with all this money and thinking that I have people that love me and people that care about me in that world. No. <laughs> so everything prepares you for your next big thing no matter what it is both the good and the bad so I'm smarter now I'm wiser now even over these last couple of days like I've been tested with different people and having to tell people like no and just there's a lot of things that you learn in your own journey that is going to prepare you for everything and anything that comes next but you have to trust that and take it can't deny it can't be like no it's not no it is <laughs> right do you, do you have a problem saying no i used to yes you're a boss yes. you can't can't <laughs> i know <laughs> so i would find really creative ways to say no I'd be like oh maybe not now or maybe later or maybe next time but no i've, I've i'm mastering the word no now <laughs> Right, right. You know, you know, they you was talking about your success. You know, they say it take about, I think, a good ten to fifteen years just to kind of see it. Yep, ten years. Wait, you, so it takes about ten years, right? So wait, what year are you on your journey? I am in year eight. If I had to put a number on when I first started to do this music thing, this was eight, going almost nine years. So it's coming. Right. It's coming. It's almost there. <laughs> has um, COVID and uh, the quarantine, has it affected any business? It did. Um, just before COVID hit uh, with my project management, I was putting a lot of events on together. Um, I was going to be doing the Project Unity Tour of 2020. I did Project Unity 19 and it was amazing. Everyone loved it. Everybody was looking forward to 2020. I had new ideas are ready to go. And COVID was like, mm -mm, not this year, ma'am. So <laughs> eventually I lost the venue because we had a venue, lost the venue. And then um, the the host who's a DJ up in New York, he was like that he's not, he doesn't think that we're going to be doing it. So mm -hmm. that went out. 
that was rough. Um, the first month and maybe the first month or two of COVID was really rough. Um, just, I want to say emotionally for me, just because I was so ready to go once January hit. That was, that's prime time for me to start getting, you know, mm-hmm. projects up and running and mm-hmm. start planning out the rest of the year, the next six months, next quarter. And everything was just like up in the air. And I didn't know where it was going to fall or how or what. And so I just took that time, honestly, because I won't give it all away and say it was a bad time. I took that time to do more self-development and really prepare myself for this business, educate myself. And I had to go through some things and learn how to be quarantined. That was a whole experience <laughs> to get to know yourself in that environment. Um, but it, it was it, COVID definitely was a pain in my ass. I will tell you that. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 and all of ours, to be honest with you, how, what, how did you handle it with, I guess, mentally, with your mental health? That's where a lot of um, the routine started to come into play. Before that, it was difficult to get into a routine, but I think COVID helped with establishing the routine. I had no choice but to figure out a routine because that was the only thing to do. <laughs> right, 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 right. So, no, um, meditating, yoga, um, and also I started to put on some weight when I was in here, so I got back into working out. So those things really helped deal with the time. Time started going to buy a little bit faster with COVID. Right. Um, what about this... Um protesting Brianna Taylor situation what's your your feelings on that so with the protests being down here I would have loved to be in New York around Mm -hmm. that time just because that's you know that's my family I would have loved to feel that energy but being down here and experiencing it because I was actually able to walk in one of them and it was so empowering just to be around that energy um down here though the civilians can carry their guns so civilians had their guns out there so it was a little a little different um i was a little scared but <laughs> i figured that just means you need to get one that's what everybody keeps saying i don't want a gun i feel like if i had a gun i just want to pop off on everybody like shut the fuck up <laughs> <laughs> Now they have. They have they have they have classes geared towards um women. Ah, okay. So well, they, maybe I need to take a class first. So you can, you know, housewives and just women, because a lot of women don't feel um comfortable having it. Yes. But I understand it that at this time it's necessary, you know, to just have one to be able to protect yourself. Yeah, especially with, like you asked, the Breonna Taylor situation, that uh, is it's so hard being a Black woman right now because I'm angry, one. I know I shouldn't be angry, or rather not shouldn't, I can't be angry because, you know, this whole Black, angry Black woman kind of thing. And, and then three, it's like I still have to protect myself. So it's hard. And I get it. Everybody has, you know, their their hardships. But it's so hard 
as a black woman, just listening to that Breonna Taylor case and how they did her dirt. Cause we know deep down inside as black women, we know they don't really care. So it's like, uh, <laughs> eventually, you know, it took forever for, you know, the girls with R. Kelly situation to get, you know, him to justice. Like, I don't want to say I'm nonchalant about it. I just, I just try to focus on being something before I'm nothing, I guess. It's such a fucked up way to think and the way to talk, mm. but it's true. It's so true. I'm, I'm focused on becoming something before I end up being a nothing or a name that, you know, people are telling people to remember me by. So, so, so elaborate on that just a little bit. Mm-hmm. So, we all know this is the saying, Black women are the most underserved, underprotected mm-hmm. people. And there has to be, I guess, a feeling that comes with that. And I guess mm-hmm. I feel that feeling that comes with that. Like, if we're underserved and we're underprotected and we're this, that, and the third, I don't want to fall, succumb, you know, I don't want to succumb to that. I don't want to be that. I want to be something more than that. Maybe that's also, I don't want you to protect me. I don't want you to do that because you're not going to do it anyway, or you let us down or you continue to let us down. So that, and I'm probably not the only one, a lot of other black women, that's probably why we're so like, we just got to go get it. We got to figure it out ourselves. We got to have a business. We got to have a plan because there's been so many times where we've, I guess, made ourselves available to be protected by someone else or others, and we've been let down over and over and over again. So I think now most of us are just like, fuck it. <laughs> Let's just figure this shit out ourselves. We really don't have any support. Let's just try to help one another. Do you, do you feel like the uh, Black men uh, let y'all down? Yes. <laughs> Yes, yes, and yes. Talk about that. Uh, you know, um, I have been one of the people that have been a very big supporter of Black men for years. And even, and that came from my mom. She used to talk kind of badly about my dad, and I really didn't like it. So I used to feel like, you know, what about the Black man? You know, what about the let's let's support let's uplift let's be there for the black men because there are black women who talk down to black men and i don't like that i was young didn't understand but i think what started to let me down about black men is just i felt like i always had to defend myself towards a black man as a black woman um for how I spoke, mm-hmm. the way I spoke, um, the jobs that I would have, um, the clothes that I would wear. Like, I didn't think that I was any kind of like promiscuous dress or anything like that, but I would get, you know, stop wearing that or you smile too much, you're too nice. Like, there was just, and I'm always getting this from Black men. Like, what do you want me to be as a Black woman in order for you to feel comfortable around me? And I just don't want to have to answer that question anymore. I don't want to have to be something around 
a black man in order for him to feel like a black man. I wanted to be around, you know, men who are just men without me having to dumb it down and conform and be, you know, this, yes, I shouldn't have to be that in order for you to respect what it is that I'm saying. I should be able to, if I get upset at something, express my frustrations without you telling me that I'm over-exaggerating or I'm disrespectful or, you know, I shouldn't talk like that to a man. Like, it doesn't change the fact that I'm a woman how I speak. It shouldn't change the fact that I'm a woman to you as a man either. And I just don't feel like Black men in general, um, I don't think they support Black women as much as Black women support them. And it's 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 and and that I think that come from that come from way way back, you know. What I mean, I don't think that's something that's intentional. A lot of a lot of things, even though we weren't part of the, I guess the slavery and those things, but a lot of a lot of things that has been passed down from one generation on to the, I mean to the next. It's true. And it's not only, I don't think it's only our, I'm saying black men and black women, I don't think it's only our fault as if we didn't have any, you know, there were there were people interfering with our family dynamics. And know? that's, that's a, that's that plays into it also. And that, that's a part of that. And, um, and even back when slavery, when they will see, they will whip the black man in front of, you know what I mean, in front of his family. Or yeah. even now, where they kind of they use the government, they use the the court system or the police to do things in in front of you, the woman or the kids, you know, to to make them feel less or, or yeah. kind of weaker. So it's deeper. It's deep. I know what you're saying, but it is it goes real deep. And I think having that this conversation or just having a conversation um, about expectations and what what you expect as a, a black woman. Yeah, yeah. Has, has to happen. You said, what do I expect? Yes. Um, <clears throat> that is a really good question. I do think that healing is important for men and women, both mm -hmm. Black men and Black women. And not even only just Black and Black, because I have nieces who are half um, Dominican and mm -hmm. so now my my radar it can't just stay closed in because these are my family as well and they have a black side and they have a Spanish side so this you know being a black woman is not just being a black woman to me now because I have mixed nieces and nephews that I also need to consider at the same time I don't want them to dislike one side because you know, the world is upset about one side and I did start to see that with them. So things are getting, I guess, not necessarily fuzzy. I think eventually things will kind of sort itself out, but these new generation of kids, they might help solve some of these problems because I can see it within just me by myself, my way of thinking, oh, black women, black women it's not just black women i have mixed nieces who are representing themselves as black women but i don't want them to only represent themselves as black women because they're not only black women mm -hmm. i don't want them to forget the dominican side i don't want them to be angry at 
their other half or their other race are not because they're something different you're a mixture you're you're not black you're not spanish you're a mixture and i want you to love yourself as you are and so it's a whole now other thing so <laughs> but healing is definitely necessary for the black man and the black woman so that we can teach our kids how to be different no matter if they're mixed or not and not and not passing it down because a, a lot of times we as a um uh, our parents or me i'm a parent or whatever it's just us passing it down to our child and they passing it down kind of stop it where it's at and and i like you said i think this new generation will they are getting it they are protesting more they they, they do recognize counseling as a, a form of therapy as a form of healing it ain't just for white people right yeah you know? yeah that's and, good and that's a big thing we're not we're not yeah, they, yeah, basically that. Yep. Um, how, how you feel about the um? Did, did you watch the, the the presidential debate? It should take. I did not. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure you. I'm sure you saw the memes. <laughs> I did though. <laughs> I think it was more so about a fly on somebody's head or something. <laughs> that was the that was the um vice president too. Oh. <laughs> You're talking about the one with um, Biden and um, yeah, either or, but that either or is good. Yeah, you no. do, you, do you do you follow that or you don't no. care? You don't it's not a... that I don't care. Um, and I was just telling somebody this earlier. Wait. I am just trying to get my life together, and I can't sometimes focus on things that are drawing hysteria to everybody else because then you get wrapped up in the conversation of it. And I'm the type of person that sometimes can get wrapped up. So I have to discipline myself on the things that I can take in and things that get me upset like that guy, I just can't. <laughs> when, the, when, when Black Lives Matter first took off, I got so emotionally involved in it that after a while, I had to be like, you know what? I have to back away because it's taking me away from where my focus is. And it's just giving me these feelings. And I can see what media is doing. That's what media does. That's what they mm -hmm. want to do. So you have to be strong enough to be like, okay, this is enough. I can't do this anymore. Me, it's just, I have this, I don't know if it's empathy, but I feel things so as i'm hearing these things as i'm seeing these things on social media and the, the killings and all of that that stuff really i feel it feel it so i have to know about it and just kind of push it to the side let you know whoever's handling whatever they're handling and be okay with telling myself just because i'm not talking about it like everybody else all day doesn't mean that i don't care mm -hmm. I have to get back to work. I can't do that all day, or I will be just emotionally upset all day. <laughs> it's really frustrating to see every day somebody dying on your social media, and that's just not. I can't. I can't do it every day. I totally agree. I feel the same way. Almost to the point where we can, at one point when we was growing up as kids is is um make sure you put your hand on the steering wheel, make sure you listen to officers don't do anything now it has gone beyond that where you can just be in your home and just relax in it and and get killed 
Or you could be Thank in one you. night, or you could be with your kids. You could be in a car with your kids. It's just like so they they really have getting gotten almost bold. Yeah. With yep. Some of the things they've been doing, and I'm not I'm I'm surprised, but not surprised because you know um, America was built on a lot of their laws is is slavery laws. Like they they really need that's what they need to do. They really need to change some of these laws. Mm-hmm. And a lot of and, these. Um, yep. A there's a lot of people in jail that shouldn't be, and there's a lot of people that's not in jail that need to be. One hundred percent. Um, as a black woman in business, what what are some of the um some of the barriers that you've come across? Uh, honestly, the main barrier is just every freaking body thinking that everything is just overly sexual that is just it's just the most annoying thing to me um and it's honestly why sometimes i prefer to work with more like lgbt groups because don't nobody want to do nothing with me and we can get work done um so that's been the hardest part just working with people who don't have an alternative agenda um and learning how to just accept what i look like <laughs> and how to just deal with people and how they feel and literally just continue to do what it is that i have to do um it is exhausting having to deal with people that you know come to you with business and then 10 15 minutes into the conversation they're trying to take you about or hang out or do something and it has nothing to do with business when you're the type of person that's all about business um so it's it's like a waste of time but that's pretty much the biggest barrier for me but other than that none all of the other barriers have been self-inflicted they've been me and my fears getting in my own way or me letting people kind of get in the way of me doing something that i ultimately wanted to do but other than that people trying to you know sleep with me or hit on me and shit like that there's none i don't see any barriers i like that you said far as um the other parts of your barriers are self-inflicted what what do you think what do you think keeps people from i guess being consistent on their goals um it's funny because subconsciously one way or another we're always consistent with our goals i think that the the overthinking sometimes because when we're overthinking we stay still in our thoughts and in our being um but if we were more subconscious with it like more allowing then we would see that subconsciously we're always doing better we're always doing the right thing the next best thing it always happens subconsciously it's not till we start to think and put that's why I said self inflicted we start to put um like oh i'm not where i want to be and oh it's not happening fast enough instead of just appreciating the one little thing that happened in that moment to be able to carry you to the next moment so taking baby steps as opposed to wanting to just leap and i think that's 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 hard for me as well um you have appreciate and we should be appreciating our, our little steps sometimes like i said i want to get from a to z without understanding everything that's in between we want it you want instant instant gratification you want it right now yep 
and that's totally not the way the world works and i think but it does don't, don't you and it does but you have to be open to seeing it because if i say something like oh i just want i want to have a, a good day where um i get some good advice today but i'm thinking about money instead of the advice i might have got advice 20 times okay. that day that i could use and i'd have been like oh that's good i got my blessing immediately but i'm so focused over here on what's not here that i missed it missed the the opportunity to just feel the blessing to, to feel the answer to my prayers being to, sorry to feel the answer to my prayers being given to me in that immediate moment for that instant gratification mm -hmm. So for example, like this morning, I was, I was writing down my intentions for the day and I had said something like, um, I want today to make sure that I have clarity and maybe 10, not even 10 seconds, few minutes later, my, the, the girl who I came up back from dinner with just now, she had called me and we had a really good conversation and she gave me an exchange of information that I needed that I didn't know that I needed. And it wasn't until after she said it, when I felt the, the blessing, like, oh, I just asked for clarity and now I have it because you just gave it to me. And there was times where that used to happen before, but I was so focused on whatever that I missed that in the conversation, I was getting the thing that I had just asked for and it went right over my head. <laughs> but today I actually was like, wait a minute, this is exactly what I just asked for. And I thanked her, I said, thank you for this exchange of information that we're having because you're giving me clarity and I wanted to have clarity for today. Mm -hmm. And now I'm having this conversation with you and the whole time we're talking, I haven't thought about anything. This is all just clarity. I'm speaking to you from just this place where there's no, there's no real thoughts happening. I'm, this is me from my heart, from my brain and everything. Every question you ask me is just flowing. So yeah, you, you studied. <laughs> <laughs> you studying. Um, one of the comments you just made, as far as not that we aren't consistent, you said we're consistent, but maybe with the wrong goals. And I think think that's important too that we are always are consistent, but it's not probably with the right goals we we have in mind. So we yep. consistently in a bad relationship or consistently waking up late. We are doing the same. We are doing what we're supposed to do, but not the right way. And we just got to find some way to kind of channel that to, to be the right way. Um, do, you, do, do you think that's the reason people are afraid to kind of quit their job and go full time into their dreams? Yes, because you don't know what to expect. I didn't know what to expect. And after everything was happening, everything was just happening. And I can... Had I been able to do it again, I would have, just smarter. But I can see why if somebody else that wasn't prepared for everything or, or didn't have the, the guts to take that leap, because you not only do you have to have the guts to take the leap, you have to be able to land no matter where you fall. So it's not only about taking the leap and getting started. You have to be willing to ride it out to see where it goes, because you get if I would have just got down here, got down here and never did anything or never continued on what my journey was, then I'd have just been, you know, doing the same thing I was doing up in New York, working a job, being regular, going out to eat and stuff like that. So you have to have an agenda. You have to you have to 
No. If you have an agenda, it will create that discipline to create that consistency. Because it's like, now I wake up and I can't think of anything else that I'll be doing with my life. And there was a point in time where I used to wake up and have to juggle. I have to go to work today, but I also want to do what I want to do for my business. And I had to choose at one point. Now, from manifesting, I didn't want to work a nine to five anymore. I wanted to work from home. I wanted to be able to be able to work from home and be able to have freedom to do whatever it is I needed to do throughout the day and still have money in my pocket. And even though it took some time, eventually I made it. So I work from home now. I can have the freedom to go wherever I want to go, when I want to go. I can decline a client. I can do this. I can do that. But it didn't start off that way. I had to work to get here. That's what the dog walking and Uber. <laughs> Some people, they, you know, they measure their success with money. Mine wasn't a money, it's not a money success. It's more of a, I told myself that I wanted something and I went after it. I know in my heart that I'm here for something and I'm to find it. And the more I get closer to that, the that's success for me. I love it. I, like, I, def- I definitely like that. Um, and that goes to my next question because I know sometimes for you, I know you said it was it was bigger than money, but do you think for some people it's um a mindset issue or a lack of money or finance issue? It's all of the above for any individual person, and it could be at any given time too, because sometimes you might have the thoughts but not the resources. And then you might have the resources, but you don't know what to do with that money. And then sometimes you have a little bit of both. You got a little bit of money, a little bit of resources, but it's just not enough for you to take it off. So I think each individual person will have their own unique struggle when it comes to trying to figure out how to, you know, get your entrepreneurship off and up and running. But that's honestly the beauty of it because what I'm realizing is that everybody has to go through it and sometimes what you're good at in relationship to what somebody else is good at can come together and create what's supposed to be done. So you might not always have all the pieces. I only know how to do project management. I don't like doing accounting. Mm-hmm. I find somebody who can do my accounting and I can help them with their, you know, project management, then together we can make something beautiful happen together. So learning how to let people be great in what they are great in and knowing what you're good at and what you bring to the table will kind of help with figuring all of this out. Right. Right. So um a lot of times I, I guess even as humans, we, we're always evolving. Uh, new, new versus the old, new habits versus old habits. How do, you, how do you deal with that? How do you handle that? Trying to break those old habits and to build on new habits. First, I am super easy on myself when it comes to things like that. Um, I used to be really hard on myself and that's one of the things that I've learned and and I wish to teach other people too is that we don't have to be hard on ourselves I think a lot of us especially as people of color we're hard on ourselves because you know we most of us come from lack and our parents Mm -hmm. teach us how to just you know be strong right right (laughs) and 
we end up being like that on ourselves and it doesn't help us. It doesn't feel good. It keeps us in a mind state that is of lack or survival mode and everything is, you know, everything just seems so harder down there. That was my main mission was to get my mental together, to get my mind from thinking about lack to thinking about abundance. And it was and still is a struggle it's hard just us because we're not taught like that we're not taught to think positive we're very rarely spoken to highly and as positive when we're younger it's always go sit the fuck down shut the fuck up do that you know so there's a lot of mental um reprogramming that i had to do to myself to awaken things about me that i knew about me but that weren't playing in my head they weren't rerunning in my mind as much as they should have been like I am beautiful I'm confident I'm amazing I can do this um I can do anything I can so the things that were playing in my mind were you got to pay the bills you got to pay your rent your car note is due um you don't have enough money for this you don't have enough money for that and those things were what was playing in my mind which kept me employed it kept my job, it kept me having a nice car, I have money to do stuff, but it, it, it just wasn't, it didn't feel right. It didn't feel good to wake up. And I used to like hop out the bed like, <laughs> and jump to go get the, catch train and everything was fast, 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 fast. From work back home, it was just, it, it wasn't the type of life that I wanted for myself. And so I sought out to see how can I have a more, peaceful happy calmer clearer life and i just went on the journey and was like i guess this is how you do it started meditating and meditation probably changing my life honestly i've been i've been getting a little bit into um meditation and stuff like that and i'm slowly you know i know it's a process i gotta really kind of because you your, your mind your mind wants to um it wants to wander it wants to it wants to start thinking about what you gotta what you cooking, what you eat today. What's yep. that you start thinking about everything. You start <laughs> oh, thinking is about this everything. working or why am I meditating? <laughs> why am I meditating? <laughs> why are you meditating? Same thing. Um, but I do think it's a, what you said as far as we 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 just wasn't we always like I said, we always taught to survive instead of thrive. Like we always worrying, we always we just, like you said, we just we just trying to live. We just trying to get mm. to get to tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's important for us, and even what you said, kind of shifting that that thought process or shifting that mindset to to thriving. But for for for, for someone that's going through it or in it, what are some key things I guess that can help them shift shift it, shift that mindset from surviving to thriving? Belief. That's the biggest thing is believing in what it is that you're telling yourself because it works both ways. And this is how I always combat my thoughts. I ask myself, like, is that really true about myself or is it just how I'm feeling or is it because something made me feel this way or mm -hmm. is this true? Um, and even with the good stuff in the beginning, convincing myself that like abundance was a thing 
and prosperity was a thing that from where I ain't never heard that growing up abundance and prosperity and gratitude and that hell y'all talking about <laughs> but to be willing to make a change to be curious enough to find out if that even works is all the change that you need because once you get started no you don't you know one day meditate and it works it takes a very long time i've been meditating now whew, it must be about seven six six years give or take and at first the first year or two was like is it, is this meditation i don't know what i'm doing but you start to see the results just in your day-to-day that's it's not an instant thing it's literally supposed to quiet all those thoughts that are running around and make room for a clearer thought that's the only agenda and i wish that somebody would have said that to me early on because then i'd be like oh okay but it's something that i had to learn over time that oh okay your thoughts they're never gonna stop that's you need your thoughts but what that meditation does is it just puts a little wedge (laughs) from overthinking and or underthinking and gives you room to just have some space to have a next best thought and that next best thought can change the trajectory of your life honestly mm-hmm. you you if if you meditate before a big decision and before you meditated before that big decision you were thinking so much doubtful thoughts like oh it's not gonna work i'm scared and then you go meditate and you come out of that meditation now you may come out that meditation still scared it's not a win all for everybody but (laughs) but let's say you did meditate and during that meditation you were able to calm everything down all the thoughts were set aside and your next best thought was you know what you can still try and you get up and you go try it's little and subtle things like that that just keep compiling on top of each other. So meditation is not just a end all be all and it's not a one day thing. It's something that you have to consistently keep doing in order to continuously clear those pathways so that excuse me, so that you live in that that decision making. So now that's where I am now. I'm good enough at meditation that I can even walk down the block and be meditating to where i'm not thinking about work i'm not worried about what's going on in the street i'm listening to the birds and cars well listen to cars the cars right listen to cars and the birds (laughs) that's meditating because i'm not stressing about this that and third that's a form of meditation going to the gym is meditation so there's different things that you can do to meditate it doesn't all have to be the because i don't do that either So it's always about keeping you in the present. Exactly. Exactly. Do whatever it takes for you to stay in the present, in the moment, so that you can catapult your next moment. So I think a lot of times we we don't do things because things um are hard. We feel they hard. But as you say, as you said it, you work jobs and you gotta do the hard things to kind of get you to where you, where you need to be need, where you need to be why do you think our first instinct is to avoid the hard things fear uncomfortability mm-hmm. i get 
a, a lot of and the main thing that people are afraid of sometimes is just being alone with themselves and their own thoughts a lot of people just want to be around people so they don't have to think and that's not good either you you sometimes it's good to disconnect from people from the world and really try to figure out what you got going on as opposed to just being around a whole bunch of people and never really dealing with yourself there's a i know a lot of people that would rather deal with a bunch of people than deal with themselves mm-hmm. and then right. they wonder why they're unhappy do do you do you think um how a person um a person thinks of himself limits their uh, potential. Yep, hands down. Because how somebody sees themselves, everybody is a mirror for somebody else. No matter who you come in contact with, you are bound to see yourself, and that person is going to see themselves in you. If you don't think highly of yourself, and you're around somebody who is somebody that thinks highly of themselves, you're never going to see it that in that person because your experiences won't allow you to see past what you can't see for yourself so you will always dislike that person or that person will make you feel uncomfortable or you will find a problem with the person where there is none because you have problems with yourself but you won't admit it because you won't spend time and deal with whatever is going on with you (laughs) Do do you i guess do you feel do you feel like do you, do you feel free? Yes, I do. <laughs> and what is it? What what is it, what does uh, freedom require? What has it required? It has required me to fall in love with myself from head to toe. Um, just falling in love with my voice the things that I have to say, understanding that I matter, my feelings matter, mm-hmm. my experiences matter, um, talking to people about my experiences matter, because I never used to think anybody even cared, but realizing that some of the stuff that I've been through can help somebody else. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> if 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 you could visit any part of history, where would you go? Why? For some reason, my soul is stuck in the 60s as somewhere, somehow. Um, one of my favorite singers is Otis Redding. And okay. I just feel like I should have been here around that time when it was just like black and beautiful and afro and just, another female told me the same thing <laughs> during that time i belonged yeah i should have been here during that time that was definitely if i could have i'd have been here around that time all the pimps and all of that <laughs> <laughs> um i want you to just finish this sentence being around the wrong people in the wrong environment will what that you fucked up <laughs> <laughs> yeah no, it's not good for business there we go <laughs> do, do you do you do you think and you said it earlier do you think the uh degree college degree is necessary no it's not um but to each his own i'm not downgrading it but if you feel like you need it for your industry then go right ahead 
what is um one memory you hope you never forget? <laughs> um, that is interesting. What memory <laughs> I hope I never forget? Um, honestly, I would have to say <laughs> my fifth grade prom. <laughs> Did you go to sixty three? No, fifth grade is no. I was not. I go to sixty three. I went to um one ten. Oh, oh, so no, you wasn't there. But my <laughs> fifth grade prom, my mom, she actually came. She was supposed to walk me to the prom, and she ended up coming in her little Daisy Duke shorts, and she was dancing with um all the little boys from my school, and I was so embarrassed. But Looking back on that day, I hope I never forget that moment because it just showed me how cool my mom was. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. the boys still ask about her to this day. How'd your mom do it? Don't worry about my mom, damn it. <laughs> so 63 is over there. I don't, even, I don't know where 63 at. It's right down Boston Road. Well, that's the back of the building. It's over there by... Um, the library. It's up the block from 148. Oh, so there's that library. It's like a, the library yeah. is next to it. My, my little yeah. brothers went to that school. Little, yep. little dirty school. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, yep, yep, yep. What's, what's, what's the story behind your last post? It ain't got to be a story, but. Which, which post? Your okay. last one. I don't know how many. Where's my phone? I'm on my phone. I don't remember what my post was. What'd you say? I don't know. You don't know. A lot of shit. Um, I think it was the. It wasn't the picture. I mean, they're all pictures, right? I think it was. Um. Uh. Prayed up. I got nothing to lose. That. If that's the one we're talking about, then that quote actually comes from a song that I really like. This is a group called Oshun. And um, one of the, the, the singers, she says that in the song, she says, prayed up, I got nothing to lose. And what that basically means is um, I'm protected. So I'm, I've delved into African spirituality as a part of my journey. And... Um, just realizing that I'm protected no matter what, because I do my due diligence. I pray, I do my meditation. Um, I'm on my path. So regardless of what anybody or anything has going on around me or any weapons against me trying to form that I'm prayed up. So I don't have, I'm good. You can do what you want. I'm good. Love it. Um, what, what, what's your ultimate goal? Woo, my ultimate goal is to really get all of these visions of my life, my ideal life, and the success that I wish to achieve, just to get all of that stuff finally out of my system. Like, I can't wait to, I want to be on, like, shows like Dancing with the Stars as a guest dancer like I want to do so much stuff that's just fun um but that come with after you kind of made it so I already know that something is going to make me get to a point where the world is going to know me my godfather on his his deathbed he told me 
that I was going to do something great in the world. And honestly, that's something that has been my motivation as well. But now I'm kind of like seeing past that, okay, something hits, I'm, you know, at the pinnacle, fine, cool. But then I want to spend the rest of, you know, this, this life that I've created, just enjoying it, like dancing, flying here and going there, just a lot of stuff that I've never been able to do. And I think by me making it, that'll give way to me being able to do a lot of stuff that I've always wanted to like play mass, um, <laughs> dying to go to Trinidad and play mass, but not as just a regular person. I want to be up there like, hey, that's Ebony. <laughs> right, right. Now I dig it. 100 percent It's gonna be my last question. How do you how do you how do you want to be remembered? Because I feel like I was made with a bunch of love that's just really unique. And people don't, you know, they don't come like me a lot. And I want as many people to have been touched in some way by the type of love that I was sent here to give. So whether it's fan of somebody else's artist that I've helped, or if it's from me directly, I still want to just be be remembered and known for being unconditional love in human form. Great. Honestly. I mean, <laughs> you, just have, you just had them perfect answers all night. <laughs> <laughs> That's that clarity. That clarity, that, that clarity is coming on. But um, first and foremost, I definitely want to just thank you for um, allowing me to just interview you. And it's, this just should have been happening. I know y'all spoke about it for a while. <laughs> but Divine time, and I probably wasn't even ready before. Now that, and also with just me, I... You know, it's just um, it feels right right now. It feels right to 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 do things that I want to do and and uh push forward and um with my life and like you said, not worrying about a job or gotta rush, gotta do this. Yeah, about living on your own time and stuff right now. So I right. definitely want to just thank you for even you know what I mean allowing me to do this. Um, no, it's been it's been, it's been fun, man. It's been it's been definitely cool. This is really really cool, and I love the fact that. This is also kind of what I like to do. When you know somebody, the conversation is just so much better. We were able to have a conversation about everything. Yeah. It bases off of not only I know you, but you're a great interviewer because you didn't, you kept all your questions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, but it's like I just, I've been, um, yeah, definitely more pursuing this route and thinking about school, thinking about should I just go, think about it, think about a lot of things, but definitely um journalism been for me just been it's been a love and it's been been more of a love for it just recently mm -hmm. and um it's been on my heart for a while and um now i'm gonna go full force with it and that's right you better 100 <laughs> so when you up there i'll see you too i'll probably interview at the red carpet or something okay <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna put that out there man put that all out there but definitely that's where i want to see my people i want to see you at the top right along with me definitely it. it's been fun um so definitely let them know where they could yeah i don't even know if you want instagram followers you just, you just said <laughs> <laughs> no, they can follow me on instagram or whatever 
Yeah. No. <laughs> so I don't even, yeah, so definitely follow her. She's going to give you, give them to me and get Instagram. So you can find me on Instagram at dope, D-O-P-E underscore C-H-O-L-O and the number eight. So dope chocolate. And it should say Ebby Baby because I think there's a few more dope chocolates now that popped up. So oh, they copy, they copy. <laughs> they trying to copy me now. <laughs> they trying to, they trying to copy you. Um, yeah, so thank you. It's about the action. Thank you. Yes, thank you so much. It was a pleasure talking to you. And anytime, just let me know, and I'll make time for you. Yes, yes, definitely, man. You guys got some more artists, man. You send them my way. We okay, make... look, I got people. Just Listen, let me know. Listen, I already know. <laughs> I told you I'm a plug. I already know. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. All right. Have a good night. All right, too. Bye-bye. <laughs>